This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello from actually, we're at the extravaganza. We're kicking off today. It's the, for those of you who are listening right live, it's the 7th of May. Those of you who are listening post this show, you'll find that there's a lot going on. And with me today is one of my favorite people in the world. Certainly, if I want to know anything about marketing, this is the go-to guy, John Kramer, who is the author of A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Books, plus a lot of other goodies out there. And he has one of the best book marketing uh, e-zines that you want to get a hold of, or I guess we should say blog. You call it a blog, John? I have a blog and an e-zine, so I have both. Okay, everything, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> all right, and we'll, we'll get into all the details of that. But John's here in Colorado at the Author You Extravaganza, and he's going to be really doing some uh, deep diving tomorrow on what makes Pinterest really slick, click, and tick, and how you as an author can monetize what you're having, because there's some really fabulous statistics that have come down on Pinterest for authors who are selling books, as well as promoting a variety of other um, items besides just recipes. I think a lot of people used to think Pinterest was just for recipes, but there is just so much going on, and I know John has spent a lot of time deep diving in what makes it work and how to use it in book marketing, and he'll be doing a special session tomorrow just on that. But if people have praised his, I mean, it's it's really kind of the the Bible for book marketing, his 1001 Ways to Market a Book, and he's in the process of doing another edition now. It's, I will tell you, it's, nothing, it's something you probably don't sit down and um, think, oh, I'm going to read a few great lines before I doze off at night. It's really a reference book. You keep this right by your side where you're writing, where you're working um, and developing marketing plans because you don't want to actually fall asleep in the middle of it. You want to really chew over every morsel that's within um, his, I don't know how many pages this next one's going to be. I can tell you the last one is well over 600. So we'll, we'll jump into that. But, John, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've had you. A long while. I'm amazed. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, but but you're what's your back? You're, we, we got you back. We have to do this regularly. All right, let's let's just kind of jump in. You're going to be doing a variety of things, and you're always scouting for what's new, what's old, what's new, what works, what's blue um, in marketing. So let's kind of just really jump forward in what's new in the book marketing world. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, most of the stuff that's new is, is really online because the stuff offline is sort of old stuff. Still good stuff, but old. Uh, I haven't seen much new happening there. 
but there's a lot of stuff happening online, including what you you know you're going to talk about at the uh, session uh, tomorrow, which will be on uh, uh, you know podcasting. Because I think uh, you know people think that video is the only way to go, you know, but it's not true. Uh, there are a lot of people that are, you know podcasting is hot. In fact, I just read an article today saying that. Uh, you know, radio, uh, iHeartRadio is going big into podcasting, and I think that's really, you know, a key to telling you what's going on when, when radio itself goes into podcasting. Well, I think what's happened with, with the, the terrestrial, the regular old land radio, is that people are so, so listening to so many other different formats that they finally come to, had a come to radio meeting and um, decided that if they don't figure out how to do regular streaming out there that they're gonna they have to meet their their stats for delivering impressions of some sort to their advertisers and they can't do it with just the old-fashioned way i mean that's what i'm seeing yeah and so you know audio is still an amazing thing the neat thing about audio is you don't have to get dressed up for it you know, I'm naked here. No, I'm not. <laughs> I thought so I might your next, you there. your next book, John, you could call it The Naked Book Marketer. What do you think? That would be good. Yeah, I bet you sell titles. Oh, well. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we, online is really a, a lot of new things. And, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm going to be talking also about crowdfunding. And because that's certainly been a way that people are raising money, not only for their book production, but their marketing and, well, and tie into I mean, it. The, um, the you know, how do you, they have to make a, a video that pitches. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire John Kramer and I'm going to do this, this, and this. But you have to let people know um, in, in the crowdfunding area. So let's, let's come back to the, what, what are some of the new goodies online? That well, are out I here. Mean, Pinterest is is something that you're deep diving into. What's what's happening right. in that world? Yeah, but you know, crowdfunding is not just a tool for raising money. It's actually a tool for raising awareness. Yes, and, uh, exactly. A lot of people use crowdfunding as a tool to pre-sell their book. So it's really mm-hmm. a marketing tool and not just a fundraising tool. And uh, so it can be an incredibly effective, um, you know, beginning for marketing your book, and, and probably more effective than the old Amazon bestseller campaigns or even the virtual blog tours that were going on for a while. Um, you know, those those things are sort of old hat now. Uh, they're not working as well. They're not, you know, uh, partially because they've been overused, but crowdfunding is still hot. So I'm really looking forward to your talk on that. So using crowdfunding it, uh, to basically pre-launch your book is what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, actually, that you you have it in there, good. you build the buzz. You you know who knows how many visitors uh, uh, search around and see what you have, but certainly you get that out there early before that book is even available, and get that buzz started. That's what you're saying, correct? Yeah, and there's so many different crowdfunding tools. I'm sure you're going to talk about them. So you don't have to use Kickstarter or Indiegogo. There are so many other options, including one that's just uh, 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 aimed at uh, helping uh, books. 
Right. And well, and certainly pub name, slush there's, and there's a, there's, yeah, their pub slush does that, but there's yeah. also a new baby that just launched. I don't know if you know about Upspringer. Have you followed Upspringer no, I don't. at all? I think I've probably heard about it, but, uh, it's kind of vague to me. Yeah. But Upspringer is, is, is probably one of the newest kids. Um, on the block, but what we're seeing, I certainly, you know, what I saw that Pub Slush had put together was an interesting partnering with Ingram Spark um, and some of the cost effectiveness of, of pushing that book out and and having the, their books that go through them, you know, automatically put into the catalog with Ingram Spark, which is a good deal. And that's yeah, you know, that is di- great uh, distribution. Yeah, and and you know. The neat thing with uh, something like, uh, you know, any of the crowdfunding platforms is that you really, you let people choose whether or not they want to be a corporal in your campaign, a sergeant, or a general. And you can give them different kinds of prizes depending on what they want to donate towards your campaign. So you can make it really valuable to them. And, you know, for Mm -hmm. me, the best way is to offer them more pieces of you. Well, you know what, and I just when we'll one more thing on crowdfunding, we'll jump into um, some of the other things we want to talk about bookmarking. But yeah. I know that one of my favorite campaigns that I had the pleasure of working on was Ashley Breton's, and she is she makes wonderful. I've done a show with her um, author photos, which actually we're, we're she is here doing um, photos all this weekend for authors. Oh, cool! But, yeah, but and John, you need a photo. So you <laughs> but what? but um, Don't think um, that one is not good enough. Uh, no, you know I, you need to step up the mark. But here, but let me just say this: Ashley had a fifteen hundred dollar prize on one of her deals, and it included a full shoot. Um, she was going to give multi hours of her time. She was putting them in a really beautiful bed and breakfast for a weekend down in um, in South Park, where her parents own a bed a B and B. You know, where there was that uh, uh, and and just a really a lovely getaway weekend. But you'd have this whole you know shoot customized uh, shoot for whatever you wanted to. And she had two people jump on that. She only offered two, jumped on it. So Did she expand the listing and offer five? Um, you know what she didn't. Actually we, we you know, we went to we decided, we knew how much we were going to. She was exhausted when she brought yeah. that one on. It was she had no takers in the very beginning and all of a sudden it went, you know, we really started doing push the push out on social media. And it came in and uh, and they jumped on it. And, and, you know, I think that all authors need to realize that crowdfunding is work. It's not something where it's easy peasy and you're on the lazy money river going around and people are just going to throw money at you. I mean, you're going to have to work during this oh, campaign. Yeah. It's like uh, any other online campaign. You have to drive traffic. Yeah, um, and, and a lot of them don't realize the extent of that. But, you know, my attitude is this. Look at you want $10,000. Be prepared to work. You're going to, you know, you have work you have to do beforehand. There's certainly going to be work post the campaign, but you have to be, this is your job for the next 30 days until this is over or you fund. So. And that's um, true for any launch. I mean, you know, no matter mm-hmm. how you're launching, whether it's a crowdfunding launch or, you know, a Jeff Walker product launch or Amazon bestseller campaign or a virtual blog tour, anything like that. 
you really do have to work hard at it. You have to keep consistent at it. Um, you know, so many people think that, you know, well, I've got three blogs uh, that are going to host a blog tour. I'm done. I'm golden. And I'm going, you know, you haven't even begun. You know, uh, you know I, I want to come back a, a to your blog tour um, because, because I, we're, we're, I'll come back and do a whole show on crowdfunding. Maybe I'll do it next week or with, within the next couple of weeks. Come back since I have a new little book coming out called The Crowdfunding Guide for Authors and Writers that you can free buy now on Amazon. And we will actually reveal it, John. Um, the, the shipment is coming in from the printers later today. Or, oh, cool. So that's kind of cool. We'll have it Friday morning. But with that, um, let's let's really go into some of those things that you should be doing for marketing your book. Because you, you mentioned, you've already mentioned it, that the virtual blog tours, which were supposed to be the cat's meow, even a year ago, are not so effective. So what's going on there? Well, it's the whole thing that most blog tours are so poorly organized and so weak. You know, you don't get enough blogs involved that, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't produce excitement. It doesn't produce a real launch. Uh, you know, if you're going to do a blog tour, you have to do it. Uh, the two key ways are you either get a lot of numbers, and that means you get a lot of bloggers involved, and you create excitement, or two, you uh, go to the superstar bloggers, and you go to high-traffic websites, and okay. you get them John, involved. John, hold on. I didn't see my cue, so we'll come back to this. We'll be right back. All right. With your host, right, we'll Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 3226. 1106Design. Is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked? If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author it's not join author you today through its website at authoru.org follow author you on twitter at author you and on facebook at author you where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily author you where the author goes to become seriously successful
Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with me today is John Kramer, one of my favorite Johns. I'm married to another guy by the name of John, too, so we have to keep that in mind. But um, author of one, you know, the, the Bible of book marketing, A Thousand One Ways to Market Your Book books and it's really for all authors and publishers and it's a book that it's just not for the self-published market let me tell you you have mainstream publishers that kind of devour the nuggets that are between these pages and what John and I were talking about is you know what's working what's not working and some of the things that are not working with some of the virtual blog uh, tours which were the cat's meow just a short while ago. So, John, you were going into a couple of points. If you want to just repeat those, because some of our listeners may not have heard it all. Yeah. Um, the thing is that you really have to have commitment from people. Um, so you, you really have two different kinds of blog tours you can do. Either you get lots of numbers or you get, you know, five to ten really high-traffic people that are committed to what you're doing. <laughs> And, and, you know, they're really going to knock it out of the park for you. Uh, but you, you have to have that commitment from them. Uh, if you don't have the commitment, uh, and, you know, the people that say, yeah, yeah, I'll do something, that's not enough. You know, it, you know, and we talked about it during the break. You know, you really have to knock on the door over and over again. You've got to remind people that they mm-hmm. committed. You've got to remind them that uh, they're going to do something. And uh, you have to ask them more than once. Uh, because everybody has good intentions, but uh, not everybody uh, has, you know, we're busy, and, and there's so many campaigns and so many people wanting your money and so on and so forth that, you know, any campaign for books is, is sort of, you know, dying uh, because there's so much uh, demand for attention. And it's hard for your partners even to say, hey, I will promote you three times when they've got five other people saying, promote me, promote me, promote me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so it becomes very difficult. And I think one of the best things, especially for fiction authors, is to get together with five or ten other fiction authors that are releasing books at the same time 
and do a campaign where you're banging the heads for everybody in the group. And, and you're doing it over and over for, you know, a month. And, and you're just talking about each other and you're, you're giving them, you know, you're doing a podcast with them. You're doing a Google Hangout with them. You're writing something in your blog about them and you're doing it so that each of you gets like three hits uh, from each person uh, during that month. And bang, you're going to get some attention. You know, but most people don't do that. They don't spend the time to really get the passion from the people that they need to get it from, their partners, whoever it is that's going to help them with the launch. Because I guarantee you, you can't do a launch on your own. You know, it's like you were uh, telling me uh, the other day about the uh, your one author that said, well, I've got 200 people that said they're going to buy my book. <laughs> and, you know, and we both know what that means. You know, if she gets 50 people buying her book, she's going to be blessed. Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, a home run, actually. Yeah. Um, they and, just, and, they and, just but, don't but, realize but it's it. it's not a bestseller campaign. It's not a launch. You know, you want something that goes even bigger than that. You want people to, you know, you want to create excitement on the Internet. You want people talking about it. You want to make it hard for people not to notice you're doing a product launch. Exactly. And, you know, so the, the, the reality is, John, if someone corner. says, yeah, I'll push it out two or three, I, I don't do um, all the launches people ask me to do. I, number one, I want to believe in the book. I want to help my friends, and I always want to help my authors um, that I've worked with. I will always aggressively get behind their books um, and push those. But I, I don't do two or three. I actually, I, I, they, I'll say, everyone, we're going to do this at time. But if, if things are going, there's some momentum going. And I actually like to come in towards the tail end, and I keep it going. I will put up, I mean, you and I have a mutual friend, Joel Kamm, um, who just launched his uh, Twitter 3.0, I think it's, is that the name of it, Twitter 3.0? Yeah. And that with that, Twitter, Twitter Power 3.0. And I waited till later in the day and then pushed it. And then I continued for the next two days and pushed out. I, I, I did 20 or 25 uh, different postings around. And I'll do that for a book. I mean, I'll do that for an author who I want to support and really get going. And I, and I, I, you you keep it going and, and that conversation is going because most time people just do it this very short window and it's here today or here this hour and gone. And I think you have to keep it going for a little bit longer than that. I may be wrong. You're the marketing expert, well, but that's kind of how mean, I do it. Social media posts, that's correct. Uh, I yeah, mean, you can't blog, media. Uh, on you know uh, 20 times for somebody but you can certainly social media post for them, do some tweets to Facebook, to Pinterest, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And those mm-hmm. things can drive traffic. Uh, so, you know, it can be important. But I think most of us have found that social media alone doesn't do it. If the person isn't sending out a notice into their newsletter or uh, blogging about it, if they've got a lot of blog readers, uh, you know, the social media posts will be, you know, nice supplement, but they don't drive enough traffic on their own. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. The other thing is that I think people need to come back one of the old-fashioned ways because I think, and the ability to do blasts really fast. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I love Hootsuite, but the ability to do a blast really fast, what people forget about is that the old-fashioned, besides snail postcards, which I like, 
Um, but email marketing, and there are some really some tricks and little tips that you can do to do something in a just very clear, succinct email with the right headline to get people to open and support. Uh, I think that's important. And people have forgotten sometimes about email because the belief that nobody ever opens it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, and people are probably opening it less than they used to, at least in my newsletter I've noticed that that fewer people are opening it. But it's still a key way to do it. But, you know, one of the hot things right now, I mean, and you really got to start thinking about it, is mobile uh, marketing and that and the whole thing. That means probably having an app of some sort, uh, but more important, having uh, a mobile responsive website. Because you know, just uh, about uh, two weeks ago, Google said if you're not mobile friendly, you're not going to be promoted by us. Yep, I I called it the the Google slapdown. <laughs> yeah. And uh, people called it mobile Gideon or mobile Gideon or however you pronounce it or uh, mobile popcorn or something like that because it it really does make a difference. And you know my legacy web website bookmarket.com is not mobile friendly. All my other ones are. You know I use mobile themes that are are you know good and they work for mobile. And I checked with mobile's tool. Mobile ha- uh, Google has a tool that says. Uh, will you pass the slap? And uh, most of my websites passed it. There was uh, the one that doesn't is my legacy website, which is not built on WordPress. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I'm going to have to just say, okay, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and put some couple days or, or weeks into making that website mobile friendly, which means basically. Uh, hit the top ten pages and make them mobile friendly, and all the other pages may not be. But uh, as long as I have some mobile friendly, it'll probably work okay. But you know, I have one client; she loves the look and feel of her website now, but it, it only works on the web. It, it's not mobile friendly, and you know, I tried to convince her to switch it, but uh, she's so en- entranced with the beauty of her. A website that she doesn't want to change it. Well, the other thing that what I'm seeing in the the websites is that all of a sudden, because to have them really mobile friendly, um, do you remember how, how when we the conversion to websites where we got off these uh, almost the labyrinth on the home page where you had a lot of information and you went you know above the line and you uh, you clicked here and you went on an icon and you went inside and there was much more depth. With these, with the mobile friendly, all of a sudden, I was looking at, a, at someone's new site who just did the full blown conversion before they got smacked down by Google. That it was all of a sudden we're looking at these, this scrolling down again. You scroll and scroll and scroll because it's friendly to the, the you know, the phone. Yeah, a little but bit the different. problem with that is, is that people aren't going to scroll that far. Uh, I know. You know, so, so you have to have. You have to really think in terms of uh, less content probably on a page and so on. And at some point, you really do have to have an app, even if not a lot of people download it. I mean, the statistics on it is that, you know, the typical uh, app somebody downloads, they use it twice and they forget about it. Most people have about five apps that they use on a regular basis. 
and all the other apps they've downloaded uh, go into, you know, basically into some sort of, uh, you know, like a Bermuda Triangle or something like that. But well, even yeah, that, I'm fearful you know, of even that. If nobody ever <laughs> uses your app again. The app gives you one piece of power that's really important, and that's mobile push notifications. All and right. People so, still pay yeah, explain that. To the, they pay attention to, to that push notification more than they do right. the email. Hmm. So that and and that you get those announcements. I mean, you have to do it pinging. I'm gonna we'll come back for the ping because I certainly when I hear that little thing, I pay attention. Um, and I know I'm getting just bombarded with junk now. All right, we'll come right back. John Kramer is our guest today, and he is the marketing guru. We'll be right back. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing, and I'm Judith Bryce. This is your guide to book publishing. Thing you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing question. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. 
Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, okay, we lost the internet here. But we're back. Yeah, we're back. All right, so John Kramer and I are talking about being mobile friendly. And while we were uh, during our break, I went over and rechecked mine because I actually did pay our web designer to get us goosed up because I didn't want Google to beat me up. Um, and both the authoru.org website and the bookshepherd.com website are mobile. They said they gave me awesome notices, which I liked. But Eric, our producer, just said, you know, almost 80%. So, John, you can comment this 80% are not mobile friendly on the websites. And, um, and so, are we going to push back on Google? Oh, yeah. You can't blame Google. You can't, uh, and you can't push Google. The change has to be made. Uh, you know, 50 to 60 percent of internet traffic is mobile. All the poor people in the world, if you want to reach people around the world, they're all mobile because they can't afford a computer, but they all have phones or, or have access to a phone. And, uh, they're accessing the internet through their mobile phones. And that's just going to be the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, you really have to think in terms of being mobile friendly, even if that just means you have a mobile responsive website. I mean, ideally, you also have an app. Uh, and I'm guilty of this. I don't have an app yet. It's just one of those things that, you know, it takes time. But I bought an app program so that I should be able to do it in, in less than a couple of days. But you want something like that because... And again, as I said, the power there is in the push notifications because uh, they they get noticed yet. They have higher opt-in rates, a lower price point, and more uh, better analytics than email or text. And so they're they're a very powerful way to stay in contact with your people. And so I'm always looking for ways to stay in contact because uh, email newsletters are not enough in today's world. Uh, just as other things are not necessarily enough in today's world. Uh, you really well, have to think about having that commitment. Well, one of the things we're going to have to do, John, is corner Hunter Boyle, who headed up A Weber's All Their Marketing Stuff. And okay. he he's here a little bit later on, and we need to find out, because he is a huge proponent to going back to email marketing. Well, so I still I don't, think it's important. Yeah. I think email is still... You know, the key thing in all marketing is the relationships you have, relationships with your customers, people who have either bought or signed up for your newsletter or bought something from you. Uh, those people are important. Also, in the, with, you know, the people that are going to help you with a launch campaign, that relationship is important. But most of us uh, spend so little time developing those relationships. And so we don't get what we hope for from the people uh, even if they're our friends, they don't do enough. You know, you complain to me because I didn't do enough to promote Author You, uh, which is legitimate. You know, I should have done even more than I did. I did blog about it. I put it in my newsletter. I did uh, tweet about it. Facebook did, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't do it probably consistently enough. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and part of that fault is mine. Part of that fault is yours because you didn't say, 
hey, John, I need more help. Oh, you know, and that's oh, part of a relationship is, you know, and, and we talked about that earlier with all the launch campaigns, is you got to knock on your partner's camp, you know, door more than once, and you got to remind them because most people have a good heart. They want to help, but they have to be reminded because they have 18 other things every day taking their attention. Well, I think that's true. The other thing I have really found out when I'm doing, if I'm trying to do a concentrated uh, deal, is that if I put out too much, and I think that everyone needs to be tuned in because we have a lot going on, and I think sometimes we we save it all up, and maybe I'm going to suggest have 10 things going on um, for it. I know I've started one of my blogs. I'm just doing three tips every week. Here are three tips. That instead of 10, you get this three. They know that you can chew on, and I think that um, that sometimes in any campaign, if you if you've got too much um, on the plate that you're pushing out, that people just glance at it quickly instead of just reading that one little bit. Um, so you know that would be one of my advices. If you're if you're if you're pushing out your book, don't tell them about a workshop you have going on or anything else. And I know a lot of these big sales campaigns are usually just about one thing and not a lot. Right. Now, is is that right, John, or am I just fantasizing yeah, here? And, and everything in the world is trending towards shorter, which means, oh, yes. you know, books, books are shorter, uh, you know, emails are shorter, everything is shorter, blog posts are shorter than they used to be. And uh, I often do blog posts now that are just an image plus uh, a few words. Uh, I also what? have my you know blog posts that are you know five pages or ten pages long. Right. I have. Uh, I mean, my whole thing actually for this year is short as the new black, and <laughs> that when you're looking at, I mean, my my next book that's just coming out is all of ninety six pages. And it's five by seven format. I mean, it's short, short. And that there is some data showing that even with emails, if an email is more than uh, three paragraphs, people will delete it. So we have to just be, well, all of us need to be tuned into that. It's the way of the world. Yeah, and so I've been thinking, but I haven't actually acted on it yet, rather than doing one long newsletter every week, uh, doing uh, a shorter post uh, every day or every other day, something mm-hmm. like that, so that people actually read it at the time that they open it and they don't file it away because we know what happens with emails that get filed away. They never oh, get seen again. I, I'm totally guilty of that. And I think I'm going to go through and I'm going to clean up and all that, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm, I, I, this, this came in five months ago, <laughs> you know, that I wanted to go through and really read carefully. And sometimes I'll respond very quickly and then come back to it. But it's tough. I don't know how many emails you get today. I range from three to 500 a day. It's a lot of stuff that comes in. Yes, and, and even if only 20 things you have to respond to, that can take time. It can take a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. It does. I, I'm almost sort of regret not having the phone still be the magic thing because, you know, uh, but even with phone calls, you know, if I'm out of my office and somebody leaves a message, I have to respond. And chances are when I call back, they're not going to be there. I know. And then you've got that whole phone tag thing going. And, uh, you know, 
you have to prioritize. And what I do is, you know, once I've made one call back, it's it's in their ballpark again. And uh, I'm not going to make a second one uh, because it's it's in their ballpark. You know, um, and I do the same thing. John, we've got about 30 seconds. You said you were working on a new revision of A Thousand One Ways to Market Your Books. When's your guesstimated yeah. launch time? Oh, boy. I'm hoping for the end of the summer or something. But, uh, you know, what I've done is I committed to my wife to do uh, one day a week that's just 1,001 ways, and I don't open emails, I don't do anything else. Um, and All that's right. helping because if I try to make time every day, it doesn't work. Uh, I'm in the same boat, same boat. Right. This is your guide to book right. public. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems, you want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303 303- 885-2207. That's 303-885-2207. Or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from one to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book... If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. 
Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so here I thought we were almost done, but God, how fabulous. I have John for some more time. So we had it, they were trying to run the extravaganza and do this <laughs> broadcast at the same time. But we're, I, John, before we go, I think I'd love to have you give, since you are talking on Pinterest today or tomorrow, right. I would like you to give some tips because it's been a long time since we've done anything on the on on the author you your guide to book publishing on Pinterest and what's new um, how to uh, really be effective with board building and building everything up to get people to to come I mean what's the etiquette what are the unwritten rules what seems to be clicking these days. Well, you know, the key thing is that it's still all about images. And so you have to have really strong images. And uh, in Pinterest, uh, images need to look, uh, you know, tall and thin. Uh, they get better real estate that way. And I found that, you know, the, all, the good size for Pinterest pins is 300 pixels by 800 pixels or thereabout. Uh, or 3 by 8, you know, that size, or 3 by mm-hmm. 6, somewhere in that range is a good range for doing Pinterest. Uh, you know, it, on Google and uh, Twitter and Facebook, a square is best, you know, something like 400 by 400 pixels. But on Twitter, it, it needs to be tall and thin to have the attention. And so sometimes I actually create two different images, which isn't that hard to do, but uh, one for Facebook and so on and one for Pinterest. And I put them both on the blog post so people can share whichever image they want to share based on where they're posting it to social media. And I think that that's uh, an important consideration when you're designing images and so on. But, you know, the key thing that a lot of people forget is that social media is social. And Pinterest is the same way. And if you're not resharing other people's pins, you're not going to get uh, a lot of followers because if you're always going, me, 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 uh, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, when I see people that uh, every every Facebook post or every tweet is something they're selling about, you know, and it's all them, uh, that doesn't work. But if they share something funny, something, uh, you know, like yesterday, uh, last night I shared a sunset from Taos. Uh, that my friend, uh, who's a photographer, uh, took, and I love it, you know. So I reshared his thing uh, because it helps to make you a person and not just a sales machine. And you really have to think about that. Uh, Pinterest is is very much like Facebook and Twitter and so on. You have to be social. That means you need to share other people's work as well. Uh, if it, if you're always me, 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 you're going to be in trouble. And uh you know, one of the things that you do, you know, you said it yourself, you know, you use Hootsuite to schedule things so that you you can set up your whole day's tweeting activity in five mm-hmm. minutes uh, using mm-hmm. Hootsuite or Social Oom for one of the other tools that are out there. And uh, that really can be very powerful, uh, you know, especially for somebody like me who's a late night person. And so I'm, you know, if I tweet when I do my blog post, I'm I'm tweeting to people in Australia, 
I'm not tweeting to people in New York. Uh, and, and I understand that, so I always think about that. And so during the day, I, I try to take blog posts that I wrote maybe overnight and tweet them out again uh, a second time or a third time so that people have a chance to see them. And uh, it's the same with Pinterest. You need to repin things more than once uh, are the things that are important to you because uh, you never know when people are going to discover it. So on, your, on Pinterest, let's say you have a board um, yeah. of, uh, well, you have a lot of quotes you use on one of your boards, if I remember correctly. I, I, I actually have about uh, 15 different quote boards uh, because I quote different things. Like I have uh, a number of quotable people, and maybe I should do a board for the quotable Judith Bryles. Oh, well, I have a lot of quotes. I know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I could start sending those to you. I'll reshare them. <laughs> and, and maybe I'll add one, you know, because that would be a neat board to have. But the key thing is, is, is in creating the boards, you have a certain number of boards that are going to be things about what you sell or what you write about or things like that. But you also have to have a whole person profile that means you should have boards related to uh, fitness, let's say, or travel, or beautiful sunsets, or uh, food. People love food, so I think everybody should have a food board, uh, at least one. If you're a cookbook author, you should probably have 20 food boards uh, related exactly. to different things. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have just, uh, you know, mac and cheese recipes. You might have a board about that, but then you should have a board about smoothies and healthy eating and, and whatever, you know, depending on what your cookbook's about. If you're a novelist, you should have boards about what your novel is about. <clears throat> if you're writing about, uh, you know, you have an historical romance, you should have uh, at least one or two boards that are about the setting where your novel is. If your setting is in Charleston, South Carolina, you should have a Charleston, South Carolina board. And there's all kinds of variables. You know, we were talk- I was uh, uh, spoke at the Las Vegas Writers Conference uh, what, what a week ago. I was their keynote, and oh. I was um, fascinated with some of the things that um, uh, we had with you know it, it, people were talking about with the researchers because I was doing a thing on I did two two programs one on ninja book marketing. Uh, for the the independent publisher, uh, the independent author, and of course, writers' conferences. A lot of these people still think, you know, my goal is to pick up New York, and the odds are so low of that happening. But it's good to have dreams. And then I did a, a session on how to pitch because there were agents there, so I, I I got some of these people down to eight words in their pitch. I thought that was pretty good, John. That is incredible. <laughs> we're working with them. And that the I, the reality is fiction authors are are wonderful researchers, and they don't give themselves credit in in how to pitch, um, and, and their marketing skills that could go out to the media of all this intense research. I mean, I, I always have to use Tom Clancy as an example that when nine eleven hit, who was all over the airwaves, everywhere. Tom Clancy is this expert on terrorism. And that, and he was a you know fiction writer, right? And and you know I get that 
it's sort of similar thing. Like a lot of people uh, will read a thousand and one ways to market your books, and they're novelists, and they said there's nothing in there for me. <laughs> I go, wait a minute, everything in there is for you. You know, of course. And you know, I really actually try to tell people here, you're a novelist. Here's how you can use this tip. Uh, but it's amazing how many people still don't translate that into action. And uh, it, it's yeah. like Tom Clancy. You know, you can be a novelist, but you can also be on national TV. You don't have to be on national TV as a novelist. You can be on national TV as an expert in golf or in terrorism or romance or whatever. Well, I think the, with, with the changing evolution, I, I don't know what the data is out there. And if there's a central spot that how effective being on TV or radio or being on a podcast or being in print, I mean, it's almost impossible to try to get any print coverage these days. Or does it translate now into online print? You know, that we've got all these uh, uh, newspapers who either are out of business or they've come so skinny that they're anorexic at this point. That does it make sense to people go and read it online? Or are people just stopping to read uh, their their news that way? I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have the answer to that. Maybe you do. <laughs> I wish. Uh, ah, okay. The key thing is that you do want to, you, you need to pick uh, four or five ways to market your book and then work them. But don't go more than that. Uh, for most authors, it's too much. Uh, you're spreading yourself too thin. It's better to do a few things well than a lot of things poorly, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll probably say that so that people can tweet that out because uh, I know we're doing the Twitter book uh, as part right. of uh, our conference. Uh, but well, you know, you know it's that really came from a radio show we did. That we did with Mitchell Levy. We did that, and we, we within you know within a week we turned around and we had an aha book, and we we're actually going to be doing that. But that's. Yeah. That's a quote that I would make up a little board for and put your name on. <laughs> it's better to do a few things really well versus everything mediocre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so important. And really, you know, do. And when you're selecting what you're going to do, there are a few criteria. One is, is it something you like doing? If it's not something you like doing, don't do it. Uh, it's far better to do the things you like. If there's something that you don't like doing, that you feel you really need to do in marketing your book, find somebody who likes doing that and hire them for that part. Um, and, you know, that that remark may be what we're going to be closing out here because that is the critical thing. I mean, you've got to do something. And if you can't do it or you're unwilling to do it, you need to find someone who you're willing to pay to do it for you. Because if you don't do whatever it is, you're going to choose to be obsolete. And I don't think anyone wants to do that with a book. And, and, you know, so that for me means, you know, if I don't get around to doing an app in the next three weeks, I should hire somebody to create one for me. And, and, and that's an amen, and we'll close here. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, the amazing John Kramer. If you don't have his book, A Thousand One Ways to Market Your Books, get it. Go to bookmarketing.com. Make sure you sign up for his blogs. And really explore that website. There are so many nuggets and resources there that you would spend thousands of dollars with consultants. It's free and available. John, we'll see you and look forward to hearing you speak. Thanks. 
Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week, a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you, the author, to the next level. You'll learn tips and secrets on how to create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey. How to avoid the publishing predators. How to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific 